as you guys know, we are in um, a series called the 40 Days of Prayer, okay? So the 40 Days of Prayer are we are devoting the first 40 days of 2022 to pray uh, to prayer to God. And so if you, if you want to be a part of that, make sure you are A, getting our weekly emails, and, and B, you're getting our text messages. And we even have a separate text message thread for people who want to get the prayer reminders. And uh, if you want to know how to get those, if you're not, fill out that connection card in the pew in front of you and drop it off in the offering box, and I'll get you signed up for that so you get the daily reminders. But each week of the 40 days of prayer, we are focusing on a theme that we want to pray for for a week while we go into 2022. Um, the first week was about surrendering ourselves to God and just refocusing ourselves and dedicating ourselves to God. The second week was about hospitality, which we talked about last week, about welcoming strangers, welcoming people who aren't a part of our community, and just loving them and how we could up our game in that area, and, and even in our workplaces and in our homes, how we could welcome people in that may be outsiders and make them feel like part of our family. Um, and this week is about worship, as you could already imagine. It's about worship. And my heart, you know, spoiler alert, is that we all start to, this year, take the next step in worship and push ourselves out of our comfort zone a little bit in worship. And really just, um, whatever that looks like, whatever that looks like, and I'll get more into that in a minute, but part of it is I'm going to talk a little bit about um, worship this morning and what, I, what God's really put on my heart and what the Holy Spirit has brought to my attention about worship um, for all of us, okay? And then at the end, we will worship together one last song because why not practice what we're preaching, right? Why not put it into practice right after, okay? So what I want you to do, if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Psalm 66. I'm going to read this passage, Psalm 66. If you want to just increase your worship, as we've already, somebody said in our small group cluster, is like study the Psalms, right? David was a worshiper. David, who wrote most of the Psalms, was a worshiper and who, um, so many Psalms about just praising God and also like sometimes lamenting, like, God, I'm struggling so bad. I need you. I need you. I'm struggling. Where are you, God? And then just praising and worshiping God as well. So we're going to read Psalm 66, 1 through 5, and I think this is the essence of worship. There's many verses that have the essence of worship, but this is one that I found, okay? Psalm 66, verse 1 through 5, it says this. Everything on earth shout with joy to God. Sing about his glory. Make his praise glorious. Say to God, your works are amazing because your power is great. Your enemies fall before you. All the earth worships you and sings praises to you. They sing praises to your name. Selah, which means just pause. They sing praises to your name. In verse 5, come and see what God has done, the amazing things he has done for his people. And the key point today is this. Um, we worship God for who he is and what he's done. We worship God for for who he is and what he's done. And that's the essence of why we come in here today, why we sing, um, why we are in missional community, why you decide to get out of bed and drive here this morning, is because, not because of people, not because of a pastor, not because of a, anything, but we are here today because of who God is and what he's done. And that's just 
When we come into worship, it's like setting our minds on that. When we come up in here to worship, it's like focusing. It's like, hey, we got, we got three songs today. Oh, I don't, you know, you might think, oh, that's not my favorite song. Oh, I don't know that song. And none of that matters, right? Who is God and what has he done? And we focus on that, and it gets us in that place of worship where if we sing, Jesus loves me, this I know. You can belt that out and be like, yes, yes. I can be loved by God, even though I've committed such sins in my life that is separating me from God. God, you love me. And if that's all we sing, that is enough. Because, man, who God is and what he's done. Let me pray for us this morning. God, we love you so much. And forgive me for being out of tune, and Jesus loves me. Um, I don't know how to sing, Lord, but you think it's beautiful. God, I, I thank you for the 40 days of prayer that we could just spend some time focusing on you every day on top of our normal just disciplines of, of praying and being in your presence, God. Um, God, I pray this week we just focus on worship. I pray that everybody here, God, turns on a worship song sometime this week in their personal homes and just worships you um, alone. Um, God, I pray that you, we just, every time we step into a worship space, we just are reminded about what you've done and who you are. Because, God, you are so much. You are the almighty God of the universe that we have the privilege of talking to. We can't even fathom that, God, in our brains. And, God, you sent your one and only son, Jesus, to this earth to die on the cross to pay the penalty for our sins, and he rose three days later so we could rise when we pass away and we could go up to heaven with you, and you did that all for us, God. So me, a horrible sinner, is pure as white as snow. And God, all I could do is shout back praises to you for that. So God, I pray that we all remember that when we sing. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said? Okay, my first point is this. Um, I just have three for you today. Um, the first point is this. Um, we are commanded in the Bible to worship the Lord. Um, for those of us that love Jesus, um, it's not an option. We are told, like, we need to worship. Like, the first few commandments are all about, hey, don't worship any other gods. You worship one God. All right? Like, we are commanded to worship. Look at Psalm 150, verse 6 on the screens. Psalm 150, verse 6 says this. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen? Like everything that has breath. The other, I mean, I could list a hundred Bible verses here, but it says this. One day every knee will bow, and one day every tongue will confess that you are God. That means believers, unbelievers, every knee will bow in, to Jesus, and it will worship him. It will worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And so that's where the place we need to go. The other thing that's so cool is like, and I was going to share this verse, but it's going to be on a whole other sermon. But you remember when Jesus was tempted by Satan in the desert for 40 days? And he fasted, he, and he was in the desert right after he was baptized. And Satan tempted Jesus. And, and one of the last things Satan said was, bow down and worship me. And Jesus responded and said, they will worship no other God except for the Lord. And Satan ran away. Satan was like, oh crap, and, and left. Because Satan cannot be around our worship. The enemy flees when we sing. And that's why it's so important that we have worship, like worship is a part of our lives, it's in our cars, it's in our houses, because the enemy cannot be near it. And we see it when Jesus started worshiping the Lord, and, and the enemy fled. 
he left them alone. That was it. That was the end of the temptation. And so we are, we are told to worship. We are also created to worship. I mean, we are created to worship. And really, as humans, we are really, 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 really good at worship. Every human on this earth is created to worship, and we're really good at worship. But oftentimes, our worship is misplaced. Oftentimes, our worship is misplaced into things other than God. And, and we, all have, we all have known that. Maybe your, your worship has been mis- misplaced at times. I mean, look at like when Moses led the Israelites out of the desert. He left them for a short period of time, and they built this golden calf and started worshiping it. You know, like we were created to worship. And, you know, Moses came back. He wasn't too happy. But it's like, think about at, like, the things we worship other than God. Think about the idols we have in our lives. I mean, many of us worship um, our jobs. You know, we obsess about our jobs. We have to be successful. We have to be, have people know we're successful. We, we, we wake up early. We go to bed late. We, we sacrifice our family time. We do everything we can because we need to be successful at this job. And that has become an idol. You know, money and the pursuit of money and greed has become an idol. We elevate that over jo- our, our jobs. And whatever we obsess over, and that's the other thing we do is um, maybe a boyfriend or a girlfriend or our spouse, um, we worship them and we want them to be God. And they will never fulfill that God-sized hole in our heart as much as we try to get them to because they can't live up. And so sometimes even our significant other can be an idol. You know, like I cannot be that for my wife. I can be Jim, a, a decent husband at times. <laughs> I can't be God. I can't be perfect. But I'm glad that she has God, and he's elevated at the right place in her life, so I don't have to be that. Does that make sense? And you ever seen somebody so obsessed with their significant other, and they're like, please don't go, when they're dating for like six months. Please don't go, don't go, I need you, I need you. It's like, no, 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 no. We need God. And so we are good worshipers, but oftentimes our worship is misplaced. Um, and it needs to be solely on God. Okay, number two. Um, worship is a response to God. Okay, worship is a response to God. Um, what do you do when you stub your toe? Don't shout the word, but what do you do? All right. <laughs> you shout some words, okay. You go, ah, you know, when you, when you stub your toe, okay. Um, what do you do when, like, if you're really into sports and your favorite team scores a touchdown in the championship game, yes! You raise your hands, yes! Okay? What do you do when your friend loses a child? Oh, you cry. You, you just, you cry. These are all responses to situations. And the, crazy, the thing about it is nobody teaches you how to respond in those situations. Right? Nobody teaches you to cry when a loved one dies. Nobody teaches you to cheer when your team wins. Nobody teaches you to scream out when you stub your toe. Those are responses in an outpouring of your heart in those situations. And it's the same way. When we come in here to worship, it should be an outpouring response to who God is and what he's done. You know what I mean? It's an, out, it's an outflowing response. It's an outflowing. Like, whether you raise your hands, whether you sing, whether you close your eyes, whether you sit, whether you bow, like, or whatever that is, it's, a, it's an outward expression of what God has done 
inside where nobody can see. And so it's a response to God for what God has done and who he is. What has God done? You know, I think about this. This could be a whole series. But what are some things God has done? You guys could just shout it out if you know what it is. He's what? He saved me? Yeah. What else has God done? He's made everything. What else has God done? He's healed you? Absolutely. What else has God done? Loves us continually? What else has God done? He shows us mercy? What else has God done? He's provided for us? What's that? He sent us Jesus? What else has God done? Protects us, watches over us. What else has God done? He forgives us. What else has God done? Made a home for us in heaven. And Jesus said, I'll go and prepare you a place, and he's preparing that place for us right now. What else has God done? All of it. <laughs> Just everything. <laughs> I was hoping for something a tad more specific. No, I'm just kidding. He like fashion the stars and the skies with his words because he's God and he put them there and he showed them how to shine knowing that one day you'll look up at them and be in all of his majesty. Amen? And it's like everything God has done, he's created us, he's given us second chances, he's loved us, he's, and it's like these are all the things God's done for us and we, guys, we could do this all day. He parted the Red Sea. He walked on water. It's like Jesus became a man. To suffer even though he was God he didn't have to like we can go on and on about who God is and what he's done and we should the response to that should be yes 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 amen you're so good and some of us we have a hard time seeing it because we're on this side of earth and we're wrapped in flesh we're wrapped in sinful flesh until we die but I know that when we set foot into heaven every single one of us are gonna be on our knees just praising God because our faith has become reality. We're no longer wrapped in flesh. We're no longer here in this broken, sinful world. And we're going to be praising God for who he is and what he's done. And that's our response when we come in here on Sunday mornings to worship. When you worship in your homes, in your, you know, if you're praising God in your bathtub, you know, you could do that too. Um, whether you're in your missional community and you're, and you're worshiping to a YouTube video, like whatever that is, we are worshiping him for who he is and what he's done. And God is awesome. Amen? So worship isn't just singing time, all right? Now, if you think that, it's not, it's not just something to do to get us hyped before the sermon. Like this, the worship is a response of pray for who God is and what he's done. And number three, um, we need to worship, especially when life is hard, okay? Now, um, we need to worship, especially when life is hard. So the gist of this point is, is that worship, like your worship to God, shouldn't be based on your current life circumstances, right? Like, if things are going really, really good in your life, and everything's just falling together, and just things are going awesome— you should be praising God, and you shouldn't forget to praise God because all those good things are from Him. If life is so hard and tragedy has fallen over you and your family, 
you need to raise your hands and worship God in those seasons more so than the good seasons. Like we, when life is hard and we are downcast and our souls are broken is when we need to be worshiping God even more. Like, I think it's Casting Crown said it best. I'll praise you in the storm. Or is that third day? All right, I knew it was one of those old joints. Um, but I'll praise you in the storm. Like, whatever that is. And I think I heard somebody say it best is, when you don't feel like worshiping, you worship anyway. The moments where you don't feel like worshiping, you need to worship anyway. The moment you don't feel like going to church is the day where you really, really need to go to church. The moment when you don't feel like praying is the day you need prayer more than anybody because the enemy's at the door knocking. And so the days where you feel like, man, I'm just not feeling it today, that's the day where you just need to raise your hands and sing the words until the feeling comes. And it'll come. But sometimes we just need to pray that, like, like get it out and pray it and sing it and do it, and then the feelings will come after the fact. It's the same way with everything in our life. We may not always feel like it, but we have to. Our soul needs it. And when we say it in our mouth and we speak the words, the feelings come. The feelings come. And so we need to worship when life gets hard. Some some of you are in trials right now, as Mariah said earlier, and that fit in so well. Um, Some of you are in trials. Life has beat you down. Maybe you're nervous about what tomorrow is going to bring for you and your family, or just you don't know what tomorrow is going to bring, period. And you're just down. You're anxious. Those are the moments where we need to be singing God's praises all the more. Let me share you a quick story real quick about Paul and Silas. So here are the circumstances that Paul and Silas found themselves in in Acts chapter 22, verse 25. Okay? There might be a lot of words on the screen but we want to fit it in so you guys can read along. So just think about the stuff that was happening in their lives and what their response was. It says this, a mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas. How many of you ever had a mob formed against you? Anybody here has a mob formed against you? I got beat up one time. I won't tell you that story today, but I got jumped one time by like four people, but I won't tell you that story today. That's a different story. But it wasn't for my faith. It was because I was an idiot. Okay. Again, I'll tell you that story a different day. All right. A mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas, and the city officials ordered them to be what? Stripped. Stripped and beaten with wooden rods. They were severely beaten, not just casually beaten. They were severely beaten. And then they were thrown into where? Thrown into prison. The jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape. So they, the jailer put them into not the outer dungeon or the minimum security dungeon, but the inner dungeon, which I'm sure wasn't the greatest, and clamped their feet to the stocks. So I'm going to pause right there. They were attacked by a mob. They were thrown in prison. They were beaten severely, bloodied up, bruised, black-eyed, broken bones, beaten. And they said, hey, I want these people in the inner, inner part of the dungeon. So they were thrown in the dungeon and then they were locked. Their feet were locked to the things. And it says around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and they were what? They were singing hymns to God. They had their own worship service right there in the inner dungeon. And the other prisoners 
were listening, and the part that I didn't add to this story, which is the very next verse, is an earthquake came, and it broke down the walls, and the stocks of their feet were tied and became broken, and they stood up, and the jailer's like, oh no, they're escaping. I'm going to kill myself. And he said, hey, don't, don't kill yourself. But all this happened because despite being in the pit of life, they did what? They worshipped. They were beaten, broken, locked up, throw away the key. And they said, you know what we should do right now? We should pray, and we should just sing praises to God. And so they started singing hymns to God. Praise you, God. Praise you. You're awesome. What did they have to be thankful for? What did they have to shout praises for? They, they lost everything. They were beaten. They were in prison. But they continued to, for who God is and what he's done, because despite their circumstances, God hasn't changed. Amen? And despite your circumstances and the wind or the season you're in, and even though it's terrible and hard, God hasn't changed. God didn't fall off the throne. It's like, whoa, and he's not disoriented. He's there. He's strong. He's powerful. And so give him praise. Just give him praise for who he is. So praise God in the hard times. When you don't feel like it, that's when you need to praise God. So I want to encourage you to, we should all push ourselves in 2022. Number one, worship is contagious. Okay? Now somebody shared this with me a long time ago. I think it was my pastor at my church. But he said worship is contagious and has stuck with me for a long time. And I was, and, you know, you think about, well, what does that mean, worship is contagious? Is because the people you're sitting around, your worship is contagious to them. Right? If, if, if you're a wet blanket doing this, you know, the person next to you is going to kind of, well, you know, do this, and the person next to them. But if you start doing this, or you start singing, actually, then it starts to get contagious, and it, it excites each other. And, man, what's God doing in her life? What's God doing in his life? Well, man... I know that what they're going through, and they're still worshiping. What do I have not to worship about? Do you know what I mean? Like, we, we keep praising and worshiping because it affects the church around us. Because, believe it or not, the Bible says we are all one body. We are one heartbeat, one body. So when the toe's in pain, you feel it. The whole body feels it. When the toe's praising God, the rest of us are praising God. When this part's a wet blanket, it's going to affect here. And so we all need to come in here ready to worship and knowing our worship is contagious. So I want you to push yourselves a little bit this year, okay? So here's my challenge. If during worship time you stand there and don't sing and you got your arms crossed and you just stand there, my challenge to you is just smile. Just smile. Let people know that you're just glad Jesus died for you. Just smile. That's one step you could take. You know what? If you already got the smiling and standing... Sing. Just read the words on the screen. Just sing. Let the worship team know your lips are moving. You know what I mean? Like, let them know that you're feeling something. And maybe let your arms down a little bit. Let your arms down a little bit. And like, just take the next step. You know, and if you feel led, it's okay to respond in any way possible. Right? Like, when Ashley and Mariah were like, hey, the front's open. You know, come down here and worship. You know, I want to get up here and be like, come on, guys, let's go, let's go. There's a whole much space over here. Let's just dance. Let's get crazy. No, let's not get too crazy, all right? We're not that type of church. But let's just fill the front up here and, like, let's worship God. Like, why not? Let's have fun. Let's do it. I almost, you know, I want to do that, but I held back. Maybe one of these days. So if you see me up here just being like, come on, come on, 
Let's go. Let's do it. I mean, it's, it's worshiping God. I'm going to share with you um, four responses, and I'll be done. And this will be quick. And then the worship team's going to come up. So here are responses that God might lead us to do. And that we see these in the Bible that we, are, that we are called to do, that we are asked to do, that we see in the Bible as responses to God. The first is singing, okay? Is singing. Psalm 33, 1 says, Sing joyfully to the Lord, you righteous. It is fitting for the upright to praise him. So we don't sing just because we all feel like we're going to be on American, America's Got Talent or Mass Singer or whatever else is on there that I don't watch. Um, but it's just, like, it's commanded in the Scripture. Shout praises. Sing joyfully to the Lord. Like, we're told to sing. That's why we come in here and sing. And sing for who God is and what he's done. The second is uh, clapping, believe it or not. Everybody just clap real quick. Clap. All right. Sometimes if you're holding a coffee, you got to do this. You know, I know what you mean. That's okay. Clap those thighs. Um, so 47.1 says, clap your hands. Oh, so it has to be hands. Okay. Clap your hands, all you nations. Shout to God with cries of what? Joy. How awesome is the Lord most high, the great king forever. So if a song is like, there's certain parts of the song where we might, you might just see me doing this. And again, if you hear that, join along, right? Just start clapping. God, you are good. It's clapping. It's giving God a clap offering. It's a suitable expression according to Psalms 47.1. Clap your hands, all you nations. Lifting up your hands. There's about a dozen, 20 verses about lifting up your hands, but I just pulled one. Psalm 134.2 says this. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and praise the Lord. Lift up your hands. Everybody have, can everybody just do this real quick? Awesome. I mean, this is worshiping God with our bodies. Hey, you put your hands down. Somebody say, ah, oh, gosh, that hurts. I haven't done that in a hot minute. You know, there's also different. You could do this in worship, which is called holding the TV. All right? It's like holding the TV. You could just do this, you know, right? I sometimes break out this. I, okay, I'm not doing any of this for a show. And I know you guys aren't doing it for a show. And that's part of the hesitancy with doing this is we're afraid what other people are going to think. I am doing this because I am giving a sacrifice to God, and I just, it's a response. It's a response. Um, we can't be afraid of what everybody's going to think about us, and it's a response that's commanded in the Scriptures to be good. And the last but not least, Psalm 95.6 is this, is, is kneeling. It says, come, let us bow down and worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. When was the last time you knelt before God in worship? When was the last time you knelt before God in prayer? I mean, I confess, I don't kneel every single day. Um, when I pray, a lot of times I'm sitting at my desk or in my chair. I'll just be praying that day. And sometimes I'll feel like, man, I'm going to get on my knees and I'm just going to pray there. I'm going to kneel here. Um, but guys, we can kneel at any point um, before God. Um, and I actually want us to practice it today as well during this last worship song, um, just to get in the habit of just kneeling before God. Because it says this, one day every knee will bow. Every person you work with or go to school with or in your family, they're going to bow before God. And why not start now? <laughs> why not start now? So I'm going to pray. The worship team's going to come forward, and uh, we're going to find a space for us to bow during this song.
Lord, I just thank you and worship you for who you are and, and what you've done. Lord, you are so good and awesome, and I just praise you. God, help us when we come in here, wherever, whatever setting we go in, God, whether it's a missional community, whether it's in our, our homes, whether it's on Sunday morning, whether it's on Facebook Live watching, God, that when we worship you, um, we are just thinking about what you've done and who you are, and we just praise you out of response to that, despite what we're feeling. Lord, I pray that you increase our worship, that, that it's just excited. When people walk in here, they see a people that, that know you, that are excited about you, that love you, that are just happy to be in your house praising your name. Happy that you've saved us and rescued us from darkness. Happy that you've called us your sons and daughters. And so, God, um, I just worship you now, and we'll sing this last song, God, and just worship you. And so we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So at some point during the song, Ashley didn't even know I was going to do this, so I'm putting her on the spot too, but um, I want us to bow down. So if you guys notice in your pews in front of you, you have these little kneelers that were put there in 1960. Uh, you guys are free to drop those babies down and kneel there. If it's too tight where you're at, you can kneel up here. Um, so do what you feel. You can kneel in the aisle. You can kneel on the side. You can kneel in the very back. But I want at some point during the song for us to get on our knees and, and worship God in kneeling. I'll turn it over. You can feel free to stand as well. to the earth you created. 